Wake up! Wake up! Mike Mulligan. Bears, 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 bears. Football, football, football. You know what? I'd like to say you're wrong, Molly, but you're not wrong very often. David Haw. That was one of the best questions you've ever asked. Yeah, I'm sure it's going to get an answer just as good. Chicago Sports Talk for your morning on 670 The Score. Giannis against Boots to the rim with a skyhook with a right hand, though. Tipped in the air. Boucham pulls it down. Left corner, Carter for three. Got wow. it. And Javon Carter is three for three for on three-point range. And Dosumu to the rim. Shot rejected by Lopez. His third block on the game. And then they feed the big man who buries a three. Carter off the dribble. Comes up shooting. He buries a three. And Javon Carter is four of four beyond the arc. So the Bulls lose their sixth in a row. Milwaukee wins for the first time over the Bulls this year. We'll be in Milwaukee in early April. Ball game over. Bucks 112 and the Bulls 100. How do we play 48 minutes? Not of perfect basketball or flawless basketball, but really at a high level like we have. Like we've shown that we can do that. But, uh, you know, I still got a lot of belief in the group because of who they are. You know, we've just got to try to find ways to get better and address the things that we need to improve upon as a team. Start your mornings with Mully and Haw, 5.30 till 10 a.m. Chicago, one of my favorite cities. On 670 The Score. I got two, Sharon, Toronto and Chicago. Okay, and I'm never going to go to either one of them again. They both of their basketball teams are brutal. Let's go. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Bulls lost their sixth straight game. They have been pretty much unwinnable, unbeatable, un- unhorrible, unwretched. They've done nothing since the trade deadline. Including, including the trade deadline. Unwatchable. Unwatchable. Right now because here we are in the midst of a six-game losing streak as they hit the All-Star break. And thank goodness we don't have to watch them for a while. And Billy Donovan taking Good questions God. post-game about whether or not making the playoffs or trying to squeak in is a smarter strategy than playing for the lottery. We are there again with another Chicago team asking these questions, weighing the importance of winning versus losing, and it's really just difficult to watch. Unwatchable is what the Bulls are. They're awful, and it's just awful. And, you know, Io is going to be in the uh, Rising Stars Challenge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, am I supposed to watch that now? I think that's today. I, I was just going he over He said the, yes? He said yes. <laughs> so that may be why he's there. How well, many guys exactly. want to, on bad teams, spend this weekend? I guess it's an honor. He'll, he'll make the most of it. He's but 23. It's, like, cool for him to yeah, do it. Yeah, I, I get it. You know it. what I, I mean? You're right. He's not tired. You, you hit, like, I don't know, 27. You're in the NBA. You're exhausted. You just don't even want to go to the all-star game. Um, but God bless them. I, I'm happy for Io. I still, I, I said to you, I read you the rosters from the celebrity game. <laughs> they Really? This is the group they got? I'm sorry. It's just, it's not going to be very compelling. Not going to make you watch. I'm not watching I, yeah, tonight. I, I don't think that I will be either. Yeah, I'm not. I, I'll watch the All-Star game. Too I've often, always enjoyed the All-Star yeah, game. Yeah, the All-Star game is is entertaining to yeah. a point because you like to see the game how translates. it all goes together. They have fun. You know, they it's, don't play an ounce of defense. No, but you that. know that going in. It's fun to see right. people having fun playing basketball. Right. But it's no fun watching the Bulls and what they have become. Awful. And last night became one of these. You don't know, didn't know if you were watching the Chicago Bulls or the Windy City Bulls at oh, one point. You know what? That is a That is well said. Because that went through my head. Like, how bad would the Windy City Bulls be? If you, you, is... you had two-fifths of the starting lineup playing yeah. most of that game. That's right. Carly Jones and Dalen Terry, yeah. they combined for 49 minutes. Dalen Terry, 13 points in 27 minutes, finally. The first-round draft pick, finally. I think we're seeing him under the circumstances you didn't expect. But yeah. you're straining to find bright spots and reasons to watch for a team sure. that is not giving us any. They're just the worst. They're just awful. I don't know what to tell you. And, they, it, they, it, and it's it's it, they're injured. They're hurt. Whatever. Fill in the blank. They're also just bad. And it's been more of the same. When a team's on a six-game losing streak, how many games have the Bucks won? They've won like twelve. Twelve in a row. row. That, now let me ask you something. Is there any scenario in which the Bulls would 
come back from the break and win 12 straight games? I can't imagine one. There isn't one. No, because the, the somewhere in that 12 yeah. game streak, they would play a team like the Bucks, and there are 10 teams in the East that are better than the Bulls. So no, I can't imagine that. No. Last night was a big, even though it was the Bulls in their 12th victory, the Bucks. Giannis going down is a big deal. Yeah, he hurt Anytime, his wrist. Yeah, he hurt his wrist. Anytime yeah. you have a superstar like that leave a game and play only nine minutes, I think there's a level of concern. I, I think it's interesting because I didn't find myself concerned. I found myself, like, you know I love Giannis, mm-hmm. and I, I, I respect the Bucks, and I think they're a pretty good team. And yet, when he went hurt, I was kind of like, oh, good, we don't have to watch them anymore. I just turned on them. Like the minute he got hurt, I was like, yeah, the hell with the buck. I'm telling you, my basketball sensibilities are so battered and beaten, and I'm so down on this Bulls season. That's what the Bulls have done to you? They've they've ruined the Bucks for me. Well, I I think I understand that, although I was intrigued by the see how many points Javon Carter would end up with. See, because these are the kinds of things you watch now because and, it's – are you kidding me? He hit again? Oh, my gosh. Is what, he hot? Where did he come from? How many teams has he been with? What was the final score of that game? Oh, jeez. Uh, 112 to 100. Let yeah. me tell you something. That is the most flattering score line you're ever going to see. The Bulls were down like 25 points with five minutes left, and they somehow – Closed the game to respectable. Is that how you? Turn game it? was over in the first half. The the Bulls were yeah, blown was... out, and it they just they they got some consolation points at the end of the game, so it didn't look as bad. The Bucks the Bucks killed them. It wasn't even. Close. And, and we could have this really interesting debate over the merits of Russell Westbrook joining the Bulls yeah. and what that would do to the roster, but it really is a moot point, and I do wonder. Why would he come here other than to pad his statistics yeah. and go and to the Clippers, Russ? If you want to win, yeah. you're going anywhere but here. Yeah. And I don't know what he would do. And I don't know if there's enough time to really tell fairly what no. impact he would have because I don't envision him coming back next year. And I no. don't even know what the Bulls are going to look like after an offseason that we can't really predict how seismic the changes will be if they will be seismic at all. I don't know. Now, do, what, what do we know about the Bulls? We're not prepared for this uh, rebuild. We can't afford another reset. Hide the button because it's too easy to find in Chicago for these sports teams. The, the Bulls have got me so bummed that I'm not concerned about Giannis because I don't want anyone to have happiness. And why should the pe- fine folks in well, Milwaukee that's just bitter. enjoy it? That's just, no, that's that, what they've done to me. That's just you being bitter. And let me go Let me go a step further. Molly going rogue. I am, I am so I'm so bummed by the Bulls, and I'm so uh, I just feel like my time's been wasted so much. I can't stand the idea of Travis Kelsey hosting Saturday Night Live. I, see, I on knew March that was going to trigger you. I'm that, so glad. I am like, what are you going to do? Go up there and instead of telling a joke or something, you know, knock off the potty mount on national. Nobody TV, thinks I'm funny. Okay? <laughs> yeah, that's what it's going to. I was just going to say. He's just—it's going to be like the list of complaints. <laughs> no one believed in us. These, you didn't believe in us. These ratings are so low. I've They're going to be so high tomorrow. I've never seen anyone. I've never seen a team. Like I believe Pat Mahomes' wife's mad that no one gave them the respect they had. <laughs> Put some respect so. on our name. Oh, well, let me tell you something. You've been to five straight championship games. Everyone thought you were going. Everybody thought you were you, going to it, be there. there like I—I I heard a lot of people pick them. I, I, it's just the biggest collection of nonsense, and now they're going to have this guy. And let me tell you something. Travis Kelsey's a great player, but I don't think I want a tight end on national television doing a comedy I show. Don't think it, I don't think it's, it's a it position matters at all. Oh, it's a position it's a po- it's, If Pat that, Mahomes did it, Why do you have I'd a tight end tune, bias? I'd probably tune why in. Are you, why are you biased against tight ends? Uh, I'm not biased against I love – I love reading that Cole Komet is See? finishing his degree at Notre Dame. Now, that's a good story. That's a great story. It, you know, that is he's, really he's, good for him. He's getting a, he's going down there three days a week, staying with his brother, and getting a uh, degree in political science. God bless him. That's wonderful. He was too busy playing baseball and football. 
to finish up in a timely fashion, but he wants to go back and get that degree. I, I That's hope, a wonderful thing. I hope a young Cole Komet drives safely today. The road's a little bit bad in, yeah. uh, in well, that territory. Well, I hope territory. he's already down there. Yeah, okay. Because, yeah, the roads are bad. But good for Cole Komet maybe that's, maybe that's why degree. the Bulls have me so upset. Yeah, you're a little grumpy today. Maybe it was just you're a little grumpy. leaving what? early. Don't let Travis Kelsey of... trigger you. He, he's going to go on there. He's going to be actually pretty entertaining, I would oh, imagine. I can't imagine I, it. I don't like he's the whole disrespect thing now. either. Oh, I'm sick of it. But, yeah. He's... You just won your second ring in four let years. Let him take a bow. I wonder this. Will his mom be a guest, and will his brother well, be his there, brother too? Well, his brother be there. Yeah, Obviously. that might be. Yeah, his brother will probably show up. Now, that was. And announce his retirement. That was pretty cool. You you weren't sick of that, were you, that story? That was a um, nice heartwarming story. I just. You got a little tired of seeing Donna I, Kelsey? I, I, I hate to say it. Too heartwarming for you? I hate to say it. I, <laughs> yeah, I yeah. liked a lot of what Jason Kelsey had to say, but Travis Kelsey, I just got sick of him. And I don't know why. I don't know why. I love – I think he's a tremendous player. Too much of him complaining about not getting enough Speaking respect. of people whom people might be sick of at this point in time, did you happen to see the video making the rounds of Matt Nagy at the parade? Oh, no. Double-fisted Matt Nagy dancing uh, on the uh, parade you know, float. here's the problem. Did and, you see that, Dustin? And I'm sure he's a lovely fella, and we like the we, story. We know he's a lovely yes. fella. But he's David, an affable man. David, you know, they they he his contribution yeah. to their it, to their doesn't matter. Him winning his first uh, uh Super Bowl. What, you want to talk about a guy sitting in the passenger seat or a guy getting a ride on a bus? That's Matt Nagy. His buddy, his old mentor threw him a bone and gave him a Super Bowl ring. He, I don't I'm sorry. I I just can't Boy, I can't work What time up. did you get up this morning? Did or did you act, did you go to bed at all? Maybe that's it. Maybe the Bulls. I was so I disturbed. But, I, I mean, listen, I can't wait to talk to Theo. We're going to have Theo on at 8 o'clock, and I'm really looking forward to it because I'm very curious about all the new rules. And he is the what, – what is his official title? He's a he's, consultant to well, MLB. He's consultant of the on-field Product. Yeah, because this was his yeah. thing, and That's this is part of his legacy now. And he did a nice job yes. on the MLB Network on Thursday night going yes. on there explaining why this will make the game more watchable, why it will be more fan-friendly in some ways. And he's understanding that there needs to be more things happening in the course of a baseball game. And you know what? This was a smart move, as we talked about yesterday. I agree. Of putting Theo out in front of this rules change campaign yes. and platform to explain it and to tell people why they will like it even if they are resistant to it and they will be re there will be people resisting these changes the pitch clock is going to bother some people you know what I, I i don't know who said it i i heard and i apologize if i'm if i'm not uh giving the the proper um credit to whoever said it but somebody said that there's maybe it was i was watching the mlb network maybe that was it that there are a lot of um, there are a lot of young players that have gone through the pitch clock and have gone through uh, the no shift stuff. They they the minor leagues have there will be you know the 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 kind of rank and file uh, veteran player will be like what is this game we're playing? But the younger guys will be used to it. It will not be much of an adjustment. For a lot of the younger Well, the players. younger pitchers have come up and there yes. have been experimental phases along exactly. the way. Yeah. The guys who, who will maybe struggle will be the guys who are more established veterans who are stuck in their ways a little bit and maybe, you know, a, a slave to a ritual because they have between pitches have this or between hitters, they have a, a routine that might be disturbed. Get over it. You know, it's just this is the way it's going to be. It is it is sensible to try to make the game more appealing. I, I think that we should try to maybe effort in the next couple of weeks as we get ready for the uh, opening day, get a minor league broadcaster. Yes, yes. Get somebody who can explain to us how it what maybe a, what made it a little bit better. What the benefits are yeah. or, what, uh, you know, what could – honestly – wouldn't it all be benefits other than maybe if you had a team that had no second baseman, it'd well, be hard to play for. Well, there, there's a lot of different elements to that. I, I think what I want to hear one of the questions Theo addressed, and he did this on the, on the special a little bit, 
But there will be maybe a concern for injury if pitchers are struggling, laboring, and then, well, you know, I, I was looking at the clock and I was rushing my – whatever the case. Right, you right, know, right. it doesn't take much for no. some people to find a reason to to blame – an injury on something that you know caused them to do something unnatural. So like, well, I was struggling, but I decided that I saw the pitch clock and I needed to go. Are they concerned? What is the level of concern about the pitch clock contributing or leading to more injuries? Yeah, it's interesting. I, I mean, I just think it's going to lead to a quicker, better game. I think that I loved watching Mark Burley when he pitched and I, I like the idea of guys getting the ball and throwing it. I think it's a good idea. Get it, throw it. I, I'm very yep. curious about the um, the disengagement rules, right? So you can't throw to first base more than twice. If you do, you can do it, but the guy's taking second. It's Thank goodness. I totally agree Thank with that. Thank goodness. Yeah. There were some guys who you just got so sick and tired of seeing them. Oh, boy, that's a really nice throw. And then I, you'd have to hear during the broadcast, you know, he's got a really great move to, to first base for a, for a right-hander. Oh, there it is again. Oh, there it is for the 14th time. I'm probably making this up, but I keep hearing that uh, that John Lester wants to come back to You baseball. are making it up. Oh, I am. That's, that's right. really – that is really well, – Because he doesn't have to throw Below the belt. I'm making a joke. I was just making it. No, you remember how – I do remember. I don't think you remember this, but what? they had a catcher that would throw behind the the uh, the batter to first base. We we won't speak of him because I think you're still a little miffed about that one. Oh, I'm very miffed about that. Okay. Oh, and you want to get right. Dustin tr- triggered and some Cub fans triggered. Did you see Wilson Contreras kind of stoked the flames of the rivalry a little bit yesterday he, or this week? I, I saw that he got a jersey from um, – from uh, the the great uh, catcher there, the the uh, one of the Yachty? Yachty gave him a jersey, and he said to his wife, "Like, how do I look in it? He's my favorite player, always has been." And I thought of Dustin at that point. I thought that oh boy, Dustin is not going to be embracing Willie as much as he used to. No. Uh oh. Well, is that NBC you, Sports that- Chicago had something on their website yesterday. No, about- thank you. Did you see that Dustin where it said? Um, a story is spreading on Twitter that says the new Cardinal catcher is already taking, uh, talking a big game about the Cub-Cardinal rivalry. Quote, and this is on the Twitter machine, chatting with Cardinals fans at a local Jupiter eatery, spring training, uh, they, they regaled overhearing a fan tell Wilson Contreras they were sending a photo of him to their Cub fan friend who would cry upon seeing it. As the story goes, Wilson replied, they're going to be crying for a long time. And, and that goes back to kind of what we've been talking about with like the Kelsey brothers, right? And you know, whatever whatever he needs to do to motivate himself to let you him, know let, let him, him do it, okay. you know, and hopefully it won't work because now he's on the other side of things, right? He'll overthink it. Well, but, he'll get too emotional. He'll you, screw up the pitching. He no, will get himself thrown out. The umpires won't like it. But you can't blame but, him. But you said uh, that about Ryan Terrio. No, different you, caliber. You said that about the league. Ryan. He sits in the cry room. Okay. A riot. <laughs> he got so mad about that. Remember when, when Terrio said he was on the better side of the rivalry? I do remember that. Dustin, like, he, I don't think he spoke At to that point in time, Terry. Ryan Terrio was right. Oh, boy. Hold on. Wilson Contreras, though, has every reason to use the Cubs slight as sure. motivation. God Absolutely. Go 100%. For it. Go for it, William. I respect him all the way. I will always respect Wilson Contreras. Oh yeah, I can. Re- you can respect him and not like him, right? It's kind of like Aaron Rodgers now, right? Cubs it, Cardinals first time. If you're at the game, would you boo Wilson Contreras? Oh, of course you would. No, I Dustin, don't think I would you? boo, but I also don't think I would stand Standing up and cheer, applaud Standing him. Up. I don't. I think I just sit in my seat Standing and enjoy up. my Bud Light. Get up. Give the guy. Pay I some might respect. stand up and, and enjoy. I might go like this. I might. I might raise my waxy paper cup to him, but that you would, would be it. You would raise a twelve dollar beer. To Wilson Contreras. I'd be really? very careful to not spill any of it. Yeah, look at you. Good for you. You're, you're. I'll tell you what. Honest to God, we've watched this man. I've grown up. Yeah, he's yeah, evolved. Right our eyes. He's he has up. the evolution of Dustin Rhodes. That's that's like we a. a but I didn't say I, would, I didn't say I would clap for him, but I would at least like toast him. Would you? Would you <laughs> bow to him? Um, no, I save that for when Tom Ricketts finds it in his heart to bring Sammy Sosa back. He was one of those guys that was always bowing to Sammy. So if, Dustin still has some. If Sammy problems. Sosa comes and throws but out the first pitch on an opening day Sammy. or a series to be named later, you will be one of the fans there He'll doing bow. your Sammy like it's 1998 oh, sure. all fun. over again. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's cool. Yeah, 
25 years since 98. Did I get my old hair color back from 1998? (laughs) (laughs) Do not put false gods before him. Sorry. That's okay. I don't know why I got. I don't know why I went there all of a sudden. But you do. You'd spent a lot of time bowing to Sammy. That was Let's a great. That was a great couple summers. Oh yeah. Who cares what was going on? Well, you didn't at the time. Well, and don't say Dustin that you did. did. You didn't. Dustin he did. didn't care at the I time. I know. The, 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 Sammy Sosa and the Cubs were the only team that had somebody using potentially something they weren't supposed to use. That was also not illegal in baseball, by the way. Well, I mean, are all those guys in the Hall of Fame or just Sammy? Well, Sammy's not in the Hall of Fame. Oh, I'm sorry. I get confused. He wasn't doing that nasty stuff when he was on the south side. <laughs> that's why he was traded. That's why he, that's why he didn't talk about. Can we talk about some of the guys that the Sox brought through that, that were sure. on that list? Okay, sure. White Sox guy. This is not the week to be defending the character choices from the White Sox organization. The, the guy who took estrogen, that guy? Isn't that Manny Ramirez? Wasn't oh, he, Manny? He, he, oh, Manny. Did the Manny you know, wig, did, did the Manny else, to, to hide? Right. Wasn't he, he took estrogen to hide it? Wasn't that the point of taking you, the estrogen? You, you despise Manny because he kind of single-handedly won a series with the Dodgers, and then it turned out he was maybe not. Manny right. also hired by the Cub organization, so I don't, yeah. I don't know if I would say that too loudly, Cub Cub fan. Yeah, I know. Because Manny Manny tainted both sides Dustin, of town. Dustin likes to just Thanks, Cubs! <laughs> He likes to pick and choose the guys he doesn't like. It is fun, though, to have baseball to talk about. I have to say I, that. I got to tell you something. It is fun to have baseball I mean, to either mock or enjoy, well, depending on your point of view. I hope to God that one of these teams is a winner. Oh, my Honest gosh. to God. I, I can't go through another Bulls season or another Sox season or the Bears season or you know, I I'm know, with you. I know everyone's I overjoyed. You know, all oh, the Bears, they all went according to Hoyle. But, I mean, it was a really awful 14-game slide there, right? Are you I mean, kidding they, me? That was the, that was a slog of a yes, season. it was. That was the most awkward season to go through because of all of the oddness every Monday after another loss. They haven't won a game since October 24th, but you never would have known it in Chicago. So, yeah, it would be nice if we actually had a team that was consistent that was headed in the right direction. That's all I meant. That had a little bit of hope and maybe, legitimate maybe, reason why. Maybe it's the Cubs. Maybe the the big money spending and the collection of guys and all that stuff, maybe they'll be like an unbelievable fit. I think that we're going to have to try to keep things in check, but you're yeah. right. Of, of the teams in town, the Cubs look like they could put it together because they have, yeah. they have professionals doing the job that are – you could see them – you know, having a professional approach to the season and being kind of sneaky good. Yeah. And the White Sox, I'm not going to give invest it, any hope. It's, it's in no them. longer a Schwindy City, Dustin. Just so you know, get that out there. Where is Frank Schwindel? Is he in Japan now? I don't now? know. Hey, where where is uh, David Bodie? You're he's guy. on the team. He's there. He's a, he's a he's well, a depth piece. They don't they don't report till like he next will be week. there. Okay. He will be in camp. He will be a no part of this team. Him. He's, he's, I mean, we we literally talked about Nick Madrigal playing third. You know base. what? You know what? He's gonna be one of those guys you count out. Just just try count him out. He's gonna go full Travis Kelsey on you and tell you why he used your you doubt as fuel. Just try to count him out, and then he'll he'll do. Just something. try to count him out. He'll drive some crappy car in from Iowa, and and he'll be then be the center of our heart forever. <laughs> now don't mock the story. He, that was a good story with David Bodie. <laughs> I like, I like I like David Bodie. I hope he's healthy and I hope he can play. I don't know where he fits. They've got a pretty crowded infield now. Well, now that Madrigal's going to be exactly a lot of Christopher Morrell bouncing around. Yeah, got a lot of options now. It's going to be competitive to make that team, and that's a good thing. It is a good thing. That's that's uh, that's good to see. All right, we've got so much to get to. There are obviously some big stories of the day. We've chosen them, and we're going to pick them apart next. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio six seven is score. Let's go! It's Pick 6 with Mully and Haw, where we debate the top six sports stories of the day and then open it up to you, the Chicago sports fan. Call us at 312-644-6767, or you can tweet your thoughts at Mully Haw. Pick 6 with Mully and Haw starts now.
How do you rate the Bulls' performance yesterday in the glare of the national spotlight? Is this team ready for prime time? How much will the All-Star break help this group? I mean, that, they, they lost for the first time in 20 games. So, I no, they're, not, they're clearly not ready for prime time. I'm talking about a TNT game. They had uh, a nice streak going at home on TNT, and that blew up along with everything else. Um, they're not they're not limping to the all-star break it's like they collapsed about a week ago and they've been dragged behind an automobile to the all-star break they are desperate for the all-star break I just don't think that anything's going to change I don't know that the all-star break or bringing anyone out of the buy-in market whomever it might be is going to change their fortunes it's a bad 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 basketball team and they're on a six game losing streak they obviously um as we mentioned they they only lost by 12 but they were down 25 with about four minutes left and it's just not representative of how bad the performance was and it was really bad and so yeah not ready for prime time uh not good enough um i don't rate them at all frankly yeah, they don't rate. I, I'm ready for for a break myself from them at I this agree. moment. Yeah. I, I think we could all, all of us, all of us here, the four of us, and, and everybody listening this morning, I think we all could use a little bit of a break uh, from the Bulls at this point. I mean, you know, the $250 million man shoots five for 16 last night, has 18 points in prime time. You know, DeMar's not there. If, if there's any behind the scenes, like, I want the ball more, I want to be involved more, I want to be the man – Okay, you got to score more than 18 points. The Greek freak was out. Brooke, Lo- Brooke Lopez? Brooke Lopez scores 33. And was laughing about and, it. And had like 24 in the second quarter, right. plus a, a handful of blocks. I mean, yeah. it, you know, hopefully Michael Reinsdorf wasn't too busy last night and noticed how poorly the team that he has been gifted is um, not doing well at the United Center. That that's just a bad that's just a bad look all around. I'm really really disappointed. I know you know the first thing I thought about the first tweet I saw this morning, mm-hmm. and I know I'm over and I don't care. The music can play, Tankathon, and I thought of David. I did. I saw a Tankathon. And I saw to David. And you know what? I, I, I want them, you know, not to tank. I don't know if they're good enough to not tank. Like. They won't stop playing the stars, but the stars might not be good enough to help them win games because there are 20-plus low 20 games left, and everybody else is going to be trying to win. So let's see if they have anything. Is music still playing? I thought the offense was supposed to be working better without DeMar DeRozan. I thought that was now going to modernize the offense. Oh, wait, that was only when they're playing the Pacers? That was Bernstein. I yes. frankly am stunned that we're sitting here at the All Star break, that was and the and the Bulls are seven games below five hundred, and have the seventh worst record in the in the league, and that you have to check Tankathon.com before you come to work to find out exactly how far you are from the bottom. Not far, but certainly and a lot closer than anybody expected. What has gone wrong? Now there's an intriguing debate, according to Casey Johnson, looking forward to talking to him at 7 o'clock. He called it an intriguing debate to wonder whether the Bulls should try to orchestrate losing the rest of the way, as if they had to try that hard. But here they are. If if they're a top-four pick, they don't give it to the Magic, right? Right, That's the way it works. So you wonder if this is going to be the chosen path, one that is well-worn here in Chicago by teams – by the Bears, by the Blackhawks, and now by the Bulls? Are you kidding me? This is an embarrassing year. I don't know if if uh, anybody is going to lose their jobs as a result of that. Unfortunately, that's where your head goes. But this is not acceptable. And I hope that somebody in the Reinsdorf family is paying attention. They, they could lose the rest of their games the way they're playing, and they could do it just by starting all their best players. That's how bad they are right now. Yeah, I think it's a good question. The Bulls say DeMar DeRozan will dress for Sunday's All-Star game, but Billy Donovan wasn't sure if he would play. Shouldn't he be? How will you feel Monday if DeRozan plays on Sunday after missing games with a quad injury? I almost wanted to give my time to Dustin so he has longer to kind of 
this, uh, I rant love, on the platform. I love this question because it's designed to it's, just trigger the trigger man. Well, here's the thing in that I'll go the other way for a moment because I would be disappointed if he played after sitting out couple games before the break and at this stage of his career and given what he has yet to accomplish this year and the Bulls stink but last year Zach there is precedent Zach Levine did play remember the knee was swollen and we were worried about that and he did play and the Bulls don't play for a while so this might actually be a good way to stay in shape if you want to get back and and start a rehab process I'm, I'm looking for ways to justify the absurdity of missing regular season games maybe to preserve yourself for the all-star game that where we're at because that seems like where we're at and if he does play i will roll my eyes and i will start the countdown to monday morning because i will look forward to that (laughs) absurdity that's a probably a good uh word for scrabble something you could do this weekend to fill your void of uh of professional sports on uh on television we'll get to that a little bit later on I got a lot of respect for DeMar DeRozan. I mean, that guy really works hard, and he's done a lot to to get himself where he is right now. There's no doubt about that. I wonder if he is the one that has not wanted to play. Because it was in question that he was potentially going to play last night. I I, I appreciate the fact that he didn't go to Milwaukee. Or, I'm sorry, he didn't go to Indiana the, the day before. So my point is, while it's an honor to be part of the All-Star game, it's not his first rodeo. In the, he's been an All-Star before. It, even if he just dresses, it's still wear and tear. It, even if he flies next jet, okay, it's still wear and tear. He's got to get on a plane. He's got to go to Utah. He's got to walk to his – stay off your feet, man. Just stay off, stay off your feet for a couple of days. I would – I mean, so – He's going to go through warm-ups, David, and, and, and play a little bit, and that's going to be the rehab stint in Utah, uh, the Windy City Bulls out in Utah this weekend. I mean, if anything, I'd rather him play for the Windy City Bulls, at least give some people in Chicago the opportunity to see him. You know what would be better? If he's going to do something this weekend, go to another high school basketball game because he's great like that. Like, he goes. Yeah, he's good, yeah. You know, Go do that. Like, Go to a high school basketball game and show some kids that are trying to do something good with their lives, like that you're supporting them, as opposed to getting on a plane and going to Utah for no damn reason. Um, you know, I, I you am, better not play. I am a little confused as to why you would dress if you weren't going to play. Oh, so yeah. I mean, pomp circumstance. But I mean, don't you don't you want to? If you're dressed, don't you want to get out there? I mean, probably. I, I would just imagine if he dresses. Isn't he going to try to play a little bit? I Here's the thing. DeMar DeRozan is in a very interesting stage of his career, and we saw it in France where he's kind of in this, like, navel-gazing stage where he's considering everything. And you say, Dustin, um, you know, he's done it before, but is this his last chance? Is this his last All-Star game? Does he view life in that fashion now as he's aging and, feeling the aches and pains and suffering through different injuries. I, I, you know, I would say that, um, no, he missed two games. There used to be a rule, didn't there, that if you didn't play that week, you couldn't show up and play in the All-Star game. I don't think anybody really wants that to happen, but I personally would would not care. If he wants to take a couple days off and make sure he's healthy – and then play in the All-Star game, I literally have no problem with it. In fact, I will enjoy seeing him. I will like seeing him on the floor. And I know that that will upset Dustin, but I really, I just feel like... Especially if he gets injured and he misses the next two weeks. But I I feel like this is, even him making the All-Star game, is a nod to his status in the league. And so it's a reward for last year it's, more than it's, it's a, a reward career for this achievement year. award. Yeah. It's not for anything he's done this year. Yeah, I mean, that's certainly a question we're going to ask management here today. What did you make of the report that the Heat have received concerning feedback about Russell Westbrook and are now uh, prioritizing front court help, be it Serge Ibaka or possibly Kevin Love? Good news for the Bulls, or is Westbrook heading to the Clippers? Yeah, I, I thought it was weird when I read that. Like, doesn't everybody know what, what kind of guy Russ is? And haven't we all heard the stories? And, oh, my God, maybe he's maybe he's not that great a player. Maybe he doesn't knock down threes. And maybe he can be a distraction and a, an agent of chaos. 
you know, I, I was stunned that, oh, you know, they've done their research, and guess what? Maybe he's not the greatest team. Okay, yeah, I don't think he is. Um, they don't like any of the other guys either. I just find the whole thing kind of amusing. Um, yeah, they're going to they're gonna add someone. Kevin Love used to be a real good player. He used to be able to hit a three, right? If you if you need three-point production, you could, could he hit a three for you? Probably not at the position you want him to play. Um, I, if I'm if I'm Russell Westbrook after watching this six game stretch, why end your career? Why not go into the playoffs? Why not go to the Clippers? Yeah, I, I mean, we could just replay the interview that we did from our guy from the Oklahoma and Barry Trammell, right? We could have, we could have sent that down to Miami Sports Talk Radio, and they would have known that you know Russell Westbrook oh, could be a problem. What station down there booked him? Maybe that's it. <laughs> I, I I mean I didn't realize the Heat were I, honestly I didn't see Shams yeah. or Woj even report that the Heat were interested in Heat, Clippers and Westbrook. Yep, yeah. Yeah. Heat, Heat okay. was mentioned there. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying you're wrong. I just I personally didn't I did not I didn't know that. I, I think Russell Westbrook would be great for the Bulls for basically a kick in the backside, and he would also be great for what we do here, you know, Monday through Friday from 5:30 until 10 o'clock in the morning. I could see him wanting to go to the Clippers more, though, stay out in L.A. and stick it, sure. try to stick it to the Lakers, because that just seems like, again, we talk about what motivates players, and I think that's what kind of motivates a guy like Russell Westbrook would be to, you know, and why would Russell, wouldn't Russell Westbrook like to play for a winner, you would assume? Why would Russell Westbrook want to come here? I don't know. Not because of the weather. Now, if you're into the tankathon and you're into the top four picks, maybe you want Russell Westbrook to show up here and just take just, threes. Just, we'll take threes and just—I mean—really derail this thing. No, because just I absolutely derail. But got, I think he's good enough, David. I yeah, think he's good enough that you. he he would at least get that. I think Russell Westbrook gets them well, into the, the play-in game. David, you would remember this. Wasn't wasn't at one point? Didn't we hear about some future super team that would include? D Rose bringing his buddy Russell Westbrook and Kevin Love in, that that would be the super team in Chicago. Wasn't that was that, years ago. I'm just saying. Yeah, that was because you could almost get all those guys now. Now you you don't want them now. Oh, I know. And they might That's be at a, at a YMCA in in your near future because they're closer to being to the end of their careers. Uh, Russell Westbrook at this point in time would have no motivation to come to Chicago. I don't think he would save the season. If I were him, I don't know why I would go to a team unless it were to get to the playoffs and make a run there. You talk about having motivation to prove the Lakers wrong. He's got a lot of former teams. This guy's collecting former teams and jerseys from from those teams. So it's a long list. He's been traded five times, or I think five different teams the last five years. He's not the answer. I don't think he's going to save any seasons anywhere. Now, what the... Miami Heat learned about Russell Westbrook. What did they just get Twitter down there? Because <laughs> if, if, this, there are no secrets when it comes to Russell Westbrook. Barry Trammell covered it well for us the other day. Darnell Mayberry yesterday reiterated some of those concerns. This is a guy that is going to be disruptive in, in many ways. He might be also uh, pretty explosive on the court, but you don't know what you're going to get. And at this point in time, if you're the Bulls, you know, Serge Ibaka, Kevin Love. Those guys want to be on winners. The Bulls, I don't know if you missed the first segment. Seventh worst worst record in the NBA. They stink. Yeah, that's a great question. <laughs> yes, they do. They stink. What is your take on Mayor Lori Lightfoot doubling down on her office's release on Wednesday by saying she believes the Bears will stay at Soldier Field in a renovated, domed Soldier Field? Any chance that happens? This is a political Hail Mary this is dropping back at the 40-yard line, heaving it as far as you can throw it, being down at least six points. I haven't seen the latest poll, but at least six points and hoping that somebody comes up with uh, the, and answers the prayer. It's not likely to happen. I understand the political rhetoric. This is not a political talk show. But it has to be addressed because it does concern the Bears. Look, nobody really begrudges what the Bears are doing here or shouldn't. They want to own their own building. They have a lease at Soldier Field, and they're going to be good partners there, and they're going to pay the penalty for getting out of that lease. But the whole fact of the matter is it is a lease. They are paying to play there, and it costs them something there. 
They don't have to do that when you own your own building. They will make a lot more money doing that. The McCaskies might be you know, late to the party because other ownership groups have done this, but they're like the last family on the block to get cable. It's okay. They're doing the right thing. It just took them a little bit longer. This is just a political Hail Mary. I mean, there's always a chance, right? But to David's point, it's it's a political Hail Mary. Sure. Has any, I haven't paid, Molly, I know you mentioned that you were mildly interested because you grew up here and so you were paying it. Have you heard, have any of the other candidates talked about this subject at all or is she the only one out there talking about about, it they talked about it at the debate okay and i think it was uh, paul vallis Mm -hmm. who said it's over you know basically he said she's already blown it and that her rhetoric and everything it's over it's never going to happen and and everyone else had like weird ideas or you know it's I think it's what about probably the a casino? popular Did thing. Anybody bring that up? Well, <laughs> let that. me say this, though, and you, you can get. I, I'm curious what you think about this. I don't necessarily hold this against Lori Lightfoot oh, or no, any no, politician no. either. No. This no. was inevitable, regardless of who's the mayor of Chicago. But until they actually break the ground, okay, when they put the shovel in, when they get the, you know, it's probably too big of a project for a bobcat, but there'll be a bobcat involved somewhere, right, to <laughs> dig up the sidewalk or something. But, you know, I don't know what the machine exactly exactly is called. I'm sure we've got some guys that work on heavy equipment out there right now that could give us the proper terms. But until they actually put that silver gold-plated shovel in the ground, yep. you know, and George is, is putting his foot in the shovel and, and tossing the dirt, it, it, there's always a chance, always. Yeah, this is some weird 11th hour Right, right, but there's always where, a chance. But but there's no chance, and I, and I think that that it's the election is coming up, so you can say things like, "Well, now we got now that they're that they've bought the land for 197 million, we can now have our conversation with them and we'll lay out our plan." You can make it appear like the possibility exists, but I I think the Bears, by everything they have said. They are focused solely on on, uh, on the Arlington Heights option, and they're going to try to build a stadium there, and they've bought the land now, and not the next process. They're, they're going to try to get the governor to get on board and give them some tax benefits or give them some leverage on something or other. They have no leverage. They have no way of doing that. Maybe they have leverage with the city. Maybe the $200 million could get them to get a – See, two point two billion. But where does that money come that's from? That's the key. She has that, yet to explain that. Yeah. And none of the other candidates during these debates right. have explained that possibility. The most creative solution has come from Chuy Garcia, who has said that there would be other sites where he could envision the Bears relocating in the city. Yeah. But again, keep them in the city, but not Soldier Field. You can't put a dome on it. I mean, listen, I. I thought it was awesome, the, the, the thing they released Who that didn't? video. That was so much fun. Here's, oh, well, look what we're going to do. I, oh, I, my God. I love what the Tesla but, does, too, but yeah. I can't afford it. But I don't I, – and you're right, Dustin. Technically, there could be some 11th-hour agreement, but I don't believe that that's possible right now. Question is – All right, I'm not going to comment. Lost in the Mike Clevenger story at Sox camp was an update on lefty pitcher Garrett Crochet who's still recovering from Tommy John surgery after going down in spring training last year. Did you like hearing Rick Hahn say the young lefty will not appear in Cactus League's games, but if things go well, he'll have a rehab assignment in April and could be back to the big league club by mid-May. Yeah, you know, I got to tell you, um, I, I kind of had forgotten a little bit about Garrett Crochet. Um, I know that he said that he wanted to be a starter, and he had made an impact as a lefty in the bullpen. So is he a, is he a bullpen piece, or is he actually going to try to come back as a starter? I think if he's coming back as a starter, then he's not going to be playing Major League Baseball this year. But I'll probably have to get, do, like, a long time in the minors. But if he wants to be a part of the bullpen, yeah. I mean, that guy threw a lot of heat, and he's a, he's a lefty, and he's got uh, some skill. I like the idea of Garrett Crochet coming back and, and figuring out, you know, they're very right-handed, um, and, and I get it. You know, they, they have other options in the bullpen, maybe. They don't in the starting uh, rotation, but I'm talking about lefty in the starting rotation. So, I, I mean, this is a guy that they drafted. They He, he was uh, highly drafted and had made an impact and looked kind of a 
like a wow guy. So I, I kind of, I liked being reminded uh, of uh, of the time frame with him. Well, I like Garrett Crochet quite a bit. He's a yep. really good talent. Um, and I, I don't see anything negative about this. He, he's, he's working out and they're not going to push it. And mid-May would be a great, uh, a great time to have him back in. And, and I guess the biggest question is, you know, what's the role? Is he is he a, is he a starter? Is he a, a setup guy? I think, I think is he, he the is he is he's he a tenth here? inning pitcher? If they have a man on second, <laughs> no, no, no. I like Garrett Crochet and his potential. I think they have to be very careful yeah. about bringing him back and and kind of mixing his roles find a way to use him in the latter stages of a game he maybe is your eighth inning guy I don't know if he is your closer I don't know that you can count on that be smart with him and I think they will Ethan Katz is a smart guy let's hope that Pedro Grafol knows how to manage a bullpen that is something that we'll keep an eye on but I have to be totally honest when I hear Rick Hahn talking about Garrett Crochet or Romy Gonzalez it's like the Charlie Brown teacher. I don't really focus on much because I don't know what he's saying, and it's way too early for me to get there from a baseball perspective. I'm still focused on this silly thing that Stephanie Epstein told us yesterday during our interview uh, with her, the, the reporter from Sports Illustrated, about how the, the White Sox wanted to get themselves rid from this Michael Clevenger situation. They could. They could cut him. They could pay $12 million. But After that, they'd, I, they'd upset the commissioner. Oh. Didn't she say that? Yes. We, we should play that back and talk about it because, David, I, I thought about it quite a bit. Yesterday. We we will. We'll get to that. But I, I, I don't want to be resistant to these baseball conversations. It's what we do. i got a baseball show tomorrow with Bruce. We're going to talk about what the White Sox are going to look like on the field. But I find it hard to move yeah. on from this yeah. right now because it's unresolved, and every day is just another reminder of the mess they got themselves into. And that's a pick six. All right. Who is the best closer in Chicago? Ten players produced at least one save for the Cubs last season, and the team will be filtering through options. The White Sox, Liam Hendricks, is undergoing treatment for non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, and the team is also sorting out their options. Okay, if Liam Hendricks is out of the mix, and I need one Chicago pitcher to get me three outs to get one save, and this is the team's... These are the two teams I'm choosing from right now. For the White Sox, Kendall Graven would be my candidate to say, all right, go save a game. For the Cubs, I think it might be the new guy, Michael Fulmer. I would trust him. Even though I did see a video of Cody Hoyer throwing, I like what I see with Cody Hoyer. Had he not become, been injured and coming off his own surgery, I don't know, maybe it would be him. But I will say Kendall Graven. Well, I'm going to go with a guy who currently is in the starting rotation for one of the staffs, and I'm going over to 35th and Shields via Arizona. And again, this won't make anybody who's paid attention to the show surprised, but I'm I, the if I need three outs in in that situation right now, based on who's healthy and available, I'm going Michael Kopech. Michael Kopech's my guy. Yeah, he's a starting pitcher for the White Sox. Well, but I mean, listen, not in Dustin world. Uh, I, you know, it, the answer, the answer is Kendall Graveman. And we all know that's the answer. But just to be different, I will uh, stay on the south side and I'll say Ronaldo Lopez. Because I thought if they were to have traded uh, Liam Hendricks that there was a chance that he might get a look at that role. And I think that... Um, I'm not sure it's that Ronaldo one. is ready for it, but I it's a good one. I think and I think Graven is the answer, but I I would like to see him get it. Mine's a more conventional. The Yours Rhodes proje- the Rhodes projection is an interesting one though because the R H O A D E S projection of Michael Kopech yeah. as a closer, you'd have to disregard his numbers as a starter and kind of plug that into the Rhodes computer. I, I like the Rhodes projection, though. I think that's an interesting one. Well, I only did it because you said you you changed it a little bit, David, when you said if you needed a guy to get three outs at the end of the game, and that's why I go That is what there. a closer does, yeah. right? But I, I mean, Graveman I, also ruled yeah. baseball classic, right? How so do you feel it, about that? Uh, yeah, he's going to be for Team USA. We'll talk about that, too, because yeah. Lance Lynn's going to be there as well. I shrug. I'm sorry if I changed the question. <laughs> I know that the three outs changed the algorithm for the Rhodes projection. That's right. So it, 
if you were more adaptable like Pakoda, you might be able to plug and play easier and quicker. But I okay, I don't, I don't even remember what road stands for. To be honest with you, I thought we had figured that out, but we've lost it. The texters might. <laughs> yeah, the texters might remember. Uh, All right, we've uh, we've something got, about height. We've got oh, see that that I was remember. a joke. Of course you do. Any any perceived uh, any any kind of. Uh, He's got Insult, a lot of, real or perceived. He's got a lot of Travis Kelsey in him. <laughs> yeah. I apologize for making a joke. Uh, all right. We got the extra point next. It's falling on this Reduced height, ornery agitator, defining extreme single-mindedness. Set up this extra point. It's time for the extra point with Mully and Haw on 670 The Score. How will you do this weekend, the first weekend since August, with no football? Will you use the time to catch up on college basketball? Any interest in the NBA All-Star Weekend? Dare you watch hockey? (laughs) Well, I don't mind the NBA All-Star game. It doesn't offend my sports sensibilities like the Pro Bowl flag football, whatever that was. So that might be a possibility. I am going to miss football. Uh, and maybe there's an XFL game. I don't really know if I count that yet. But it is going to be weird without having some sort of game to watch or to prepare for on Monday morning. So I am going to – my son and I are going to the Hawks game on Sunday, and they play the Leafs, and it will be an opportunity to see exactly uh, how good they are versus how bad the, the Hawks are, and maybe that's where Patrick Kane ends up. I don't think they trade him before Sunday. That would be something else to see Patrick Kane at the United Center in a Leafs sweater. But it's going to be strange. So I don't know. After baseball, uh, talking baseball Saturday morning with Bruce and inside the clubhouse, 9 to 11, I don't know what else there will be besides the hockey game on Sunday night because maybe catch up with some college basketball. Northwestern is hot. Great interview with Chris Collins yesterday. On the midday show, they have Iowa, I believe, coming into Evanston on Sunday. I think that this would be a good weekend for us to brush up on our college basketball knowledge because March Madness right around the corner, and for the first time ever, I think, Illinois and Northwestern could be in the tournament at the same time. Go Cats! Well played. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the XFL! Four games on the slate this weekend, and I'm looking, Mully, at our friends over at Bet Rivers right now, and uh, the biggest favorite this weekend are the Arlington Renegades. They are a a three-and-a-half-point favorite against the Vegas Vipers. So there you go. There are four. Arlington Heights has a team? There are four games. Yeah, they're already playing in the new stadium that the Bears are going to build. Haven't built yet. (laughs) (laughs) So there's two games. There's two games Saturday. And there's uh, two games Sunday. But in, in all seriousness, yeah, I, I always do like to DVR the three-point and the dunk contest. Yes. I, I do like to do that. So I think that's worth your time maybe on Sunday morning. I'm not saying don't, like, go out with your wife or kids on Saturday night, do something like that. But, like, it's worth rewatching. Um, I won't watch a second of the NBA All-Star game, especially if DeMar DeRozan doesn't play. <laughs> and then, um, listen, Tiger Woods. Had an awesome opening round. Like, if Tiger makes it to the weekend, like, why wouldn't you want to watch golf? It, it, we're still going to have snow on the ground over the weekend. Why wouldn't you want to watch a little golf? Did you hear Tiger talk after that round? I did. It, it was pretty astounding. He, he sounded he sounded like Tiger. But he said that his ankle has that his leg keeps changing. His ankle has changed from how it was, and they they're constantly trying to figure it out. He said he was tired. At the end of his round yesterday, he he hit a couple of uh, of uh, big shots, got a couple of, of uh, birdies in the last few holes, and ended up what is he five over um, a sixty nine or something. And and I I gotta tell you, I I would be interested in seeing him and seeing if his leg can hold up and if he feels okay. We'll we'll know that pretty soon, I would imagine. He's going to be teeing off again today, so. I'm not sure, and, and he said that was a problem. He admitted that last year, uh, that he couldn't kind of hold up uh, as, as he wanted to. I, I got to tell you, so yesterday I went home and I watched um, Man United in the uh, – it's not the Champions League, it's the UEFA League. They, they didn't make the Champions League, but they played 
Barcelona, Barcelona, at the new comp, and it was a hell of a game. It was wide open. It was wildly entertaining. They play Sunday morning. Uh, I like to watch the Premier League on the weekends. I will definitely stay with that. I'm going to be doing some research on college basketball. I will definitely watch the All-Star game. I just like watching the All-Star game. I, I, I don't know that I'll learn anything. I think Dustin's right. I think you you kind of tape the dunk contest, three-point contest, that, that uh, series of events, and you look at it. I am also going to rewatch the uh, the Super Bowl this weekend. I haven't uh, deleted it yet, and I've I watched it once after the fact, but I still have yet to watch the halftime. So what the hell? I'm just going to look at that, and I'm going to try to, uh, Did to you take it all in. Not watch halftime because you didn't want it. You're doing something else. What, what I, was... I had come home and that's I, right. You I were didn't traveling. Have time, I'm trying to remember this. And I was I was unpacking and I was. You're going to rewatch the Super Bowl for the halftime show? Uh, no, I'm going to watch the whole Super Bowl. But I just want to. I want to. You want those things to be reinforced in your head? Yes. Yeah, okay. I want to. I want to. I just want to enjoy it a little bit. You want to see what a re- well, I was what gonna... real football exists? <laughs> you finished my sentence yeah. for me. Yeah. No, I, I do. How I, dare I, you suggest such a thing? I don't know that I'm going to the XFL. I am going to spend some time on college basketball. I, yeah, I think that's I, I where I, I will, and too. And I've got to pick I, up. I don't know that the XFL, I don't want to – well, I'll keep it I open I don't even mind. know the teams, man. Yeah, and I'm not I ready for it know, yet. I don't know who I know on any of you know, I like the football the breather as much as I love watching football yeah. and could watch it every weekend of the year. I'm not, I'm not disappointed that there's got, going to be an NFL game necessarily. It's going to be something to get used to, but it's, it's okay. There are other things that we can do. Yeah. I do like watching uh, hockey still. So, I you know, I know it's a small group in Chicago, but I still enjoy well, I hockey. And I if, mean, you, I, if you have a family that is into yes. it as well, that makes a, makes a big thing. I'm glad you're going to a game because yeah. that's always fun. But it is fun. I, I don't know that I want to watch a lot of Blackhawks no. hockey, sadly. That's just the reality. Well, they're not very good. That's the problem. They're not very good. And I, you do wonder if you're seeing the last of Kane and Taze, although the longer this goes on, for the trade deadline, the more I think that they there's a chance they don't they go might anywhere. not be able to unload them. Um, yeah, you, know, okay. you have Taze dealing with an illness and Kane with his hip. Yeah. Um, okay, three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. We're going to talk about. Uh, we got a couple of texters are hitting us up with the Clevenger thing. There, there is a there is another option to this that we're going to talk about. We we talked about it at the end of the show. And uh, we're going to get some more clarity on that. It's Mully and Han's score. When Han says that their only option is to let the process play out, that is not literally true. Literally, they can release him. If he's not on, administ- if he's on administrative leave, as Trevor Bauer was, then there is no mechanism to release him. You can't touch him. But if he's not on administrative leave, as Mike Clevenger is not, he's reported to camp, the team can release a player, any player it wants to. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 to the score. So there you go. That is interesting because um, uh, I think that when we talked to uh, Stephanie Epstein yesterday, she was at camp. She heard the uh, the Rick Hahn interview and had a nice exchange with him. And, uh, and she works for Sports Illustrated, and she's very good at her job. She said that she hung around and tried to figure out uh, what the options were, and she had a, 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 you know, she. I believe she said there were four reasons that you wouldn't cut him, and and I, I looked into a couple of them, but the most interesting one to me was the idea that uh, you know you'd somehow get on the wrong side of the commission. You don't want to run afoul of of uh, Rob Manfred. Yes, and yeah. that may be a consideration. I do wonder how big of a consideration that would be if you have an organization that's led by Jerry Reinsdorf who isn't known to be an ally of Rob Manfred. So right. I don't know I don't know how big of a concern that is. I think it also it could be used as a crutch. You could say, well, you know. It, well, that's what it we're, feels we're, like. We're, we're, I mean, we're following protocol. Yeah. When, when, and, 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 when it, Rick says, well, there's nothing we can do. Only the commissioner can put it. Well, that's all accurate. It's all but, accurate. But you can always cut a guy. You, you can do whatever okay. you want to do and, until the commissioner's office intervenes and levels 
I, I don't even want to call it discipline, but if they placed him on yes. admit, paid administrative leave, right. the White Sox decision would be made for them. Right. They'd have to pay him. They are still in a position where they can make a decision. It would not be one that would be financially beneficial, but it would be one. And and also some people are, were getting the pushback. At, well, it could be innocent. What about Duke lacrosse? What about uh, uh, false accusations? Okay, we get that, people. We understand that. This is not a courtroom. Yeah. It's a clubhouse. And you can make these kind of decisions based on your due diligence. And this is not the only incident that would raise a red flag. And it's serious enough if you take it through. But what she is reiterating and what clarity she provided is that the White Sox could cut them if they wanted to. They could take a a sunk cost of $12 million and move on today if they chose. They're choosing not to. And it's a huge distraction. Um, let's listen to the entirety of, uh, of Stephanie's answer because there's a couple of things that I wanted to uh, mention to you that I think are, are worth uh, talking about. But let's, let's take a listen. The issue that the White Sox would face at that point is, I guess it's threefold. One is, you know, th- that in theory they would like to see if the – they would like to let the investigation play out and see if the allegations are found to be founded. A lot of fans, I think, would take issue, would say, even if there's a, if there's smoke, you know, we don't want this guy around. But that is one prong. Uh, another prong, so maybe it's fourfold, is the financial commitment, that if he is suspended after they release him, they don't recoup any of the salary. To that, I would say, well, you're the White Sox, you know, $12 million. Like, you should, you know, sorry, that's the right. tax that you pay for not right. having done your due diligence. Right. The third and fourth issues are, one, that they're, they worry that the union will grieve, will file a grievance and say that they have somehow uh, denied er, that Clevenger himself could sue, that they've denied him some portion of his future earnings because they've tarnished his reputation. Uh, the team would seem to have a pretty good case that the, it was the investigation that tar- that tarnished his reputation, not the uh, release. But you can't be certain that a judge won't sign with, side with him and charge you for however many millions of dollars he, he says he would earn in the future. So there is that uncertainty. And then I think the biggest issue facing them is that it is my understanding that the commissioner's office would be very unamused if a team released a player under investigation. It is not technically against the rules, but the commissioner's office would feel that a team is undermining its justice system, that the point of the investigation is that the player not face jeopardy or uh, punishment from the team and from the league, and that they would consider a release to be punishment. And so I think... I mean, the White Sox could do it, but I think that that would be – they would be the, – the commissioner's office would place some pressure on them. Okay, so I talked to a friend of mine who's a labor lawyer, and I asked him what about this grievance idea that the union could file a grievance and that you would be impacting his future earnings mm-hmm. if you paid him off – if you cut him and paid him the $12 million. And he, he was strongly of the belief that, that there would be no case – to make and that that you know the idea that well they'd have to then pay it's a one year deal it's for 12 million dollars you don't have to say why you just cut the guy and then if he gets he gets upset about it and wants to sue you for future earnings that would be there, there would not be a very strong leg to, legally, the only the only strong argument against on. that from way i understand it is that if he were fully exonerated then they could he could make the claim that they they harmed his reputation to the point where if he struggled to get another contract that was as much as he thought he was worth as much as he thought that it, and and maybe he wasn't able to get a long term deal that I think it's a stretch of an argument yeah, and, and I'm agreeing hard, with you yeah. more than I'm disagreeing yeah. with you but I'm just trying to understand maybe what the opposite point of view would be because if you play this out and he would be as innocent as he claimed. Then he would, his people would say, and maybe the union would support this, that that White Sox harmed his reputation to the point it made it hard for him hard to get his next contract, which is implausible to me. I think what we're talking about here is is how how rogue do the White Sox want to go here in responding to this situation, and by going rogue, it would mean. It's going against what the commissioner's office would well, want and, and, and jumping the gun in terms of until the investigation as far as that is over. Is concerned, if I were the White Sox, you know, we talked about this. Wouldn't you be pretty miffed that this guy didn't tell you anything? If I were the White Sox, I'd be pretty miffed 
that no one gave me a heads up and allowed That's me to walk That's the element of this that I still struggle to understand. If they are miffed, and that's a good word, it's hard to tell. They've concealed it well. Can we agree on that? No, because no question. Because if, if they're as upset as I would be in this situation. Why, why are they concealing that? I don't know. I think that they're afraid to uh, be too aggressive in casting aspersions on a player they may have to feel like they might keep, or maybe they still want to keep. See, that, that's, that, that's the concern. That's the answer. That is, that is the correct answer. They're hoping maybe, and I don't know. But it, it uh, you do suspect that they're there's a baseball component to this. Yes, that's a, it's influencing yes. their actions here, and the there's still if the, a small percentage of sliver. What if he's what if he's cleared? Then we don't have to worry about a fifth starter. All right, we got Casey Johnson. We're going to bring him in. We're going to talk about this horrible end to the Bulls. Uh, uh, well, I guess pre All Star game season because it's not the halfway point. It's, it's worse than that. It's been that. long enough. But, uh, but we'll talk to Casey next. Mully and Holmes score. We can't sugarcoat this at all, folks.